0: No. Well, welcome. Happy Father's Day. Um, If you're new to our church this morning, can we give all of our first-time guests a huge round of applause? We're so glad that you're here. My name is Pastor Zach. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, and honestly, we're so excited that you're here with us. We're so excited to celebrate Father's Day. Um, It's always one of our favorite times of the year, and I think it's also one of the most underrated times of the year, because I think a lot of times, and what I'm going to talk about a little bit today, fathers are always so underrated. And so, men, I want to give just a special message to you guys this morning, and ultimately, if you're a wife, if you're not a dad yet, I think this is going to apply to you. But before we dive into this, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. God, I pray that this morning that you would have your way. And God, that ultimately, at the end of the day, that we would encounter you. God, I pray that this would not just be about another service. It would not just be about another thing that we do on Sundays. But at the end of the day, God, that you would radically set us free. God, if there's any walls or chains that are holding us back, God, I pray that you would come encounter us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen. I want to say this um, before I dive into this message, and I say this maybe every three months or so, and I kind of throw this out for everybody else. If you're new here... Or if you're here, maybe the third or fourth time, or if you're here and you're simply just a skeptic about all this church stuff and what Jesus has to offer you, I want to say this to you this morning. Regardless of how you grew up, regardless of how you were raised, regardless of what your worldview is or the the, the view that you see this world through, I want you to know that I am positive that Jesus wants to encounter you. And our prayer for this church is really that it would not be like any other church, that we would be Welcoming to the skeptics, to the people that are lost, and ultimately to the people that are very mature in their faith, and we want to reach as many people as we can. And so we really believe that wherever you're at on the scales, whether you feel like, man, my life is just in shambles right now, and I don't know what to do, and I'm here to try to get some answers, or maybe you've been serving Jesus for ten years, but you feel like, you know what, I've been serving Jesus, and it's just really not working anymore. I don't know why, but it seems like God's left me. Or if you're in your here today, and you're saying, you know what, I've been serving. Jesus for a long time and things are going great. I don't care where you're at and I really don't think Jesus does. All he cares about today is that he wants to have an encounter with you. And so wherever you're at this morning, I genuinely believe that if you open your heart and you open your eyes, that God wants to speak to you. So let's dive right into this before I give a Father's Day message, I thought it would be fitting um, to honor just really a few people. Honestly, I would not be the man that I am today, and really the father that I am today, without my dad. Um, my dad has, if you know anything about him, he was here last week. He's a man of honor, he's a man of integrity, and he passionately loves Jesus. Um, the one thing that I really do admire about my dad is my dad, since I can remember um, Literally, one of my first memories of him is sitting in an office in Lafayette on Sunny Lane in our house and him just reading his Bible. And I've seen him do that every single morning. And I I don't even remember a morning not seeing him seeking Jesus. And so that, in so many ways, just helped shape and form who I am um, today. I would not be the pastor that I am. I would not be the father that I am um, without my dad. And I know for many of you guys, have many, many stories like that. Some of you are the people that you are today, for better or for worse, um, because of your dad. So for all the dads here in this room, can we just honor them by giving them just a huge round of applause? You know, I also have the honor and privilege to do life with just a ton of great fathers as well. Um, a lot of our pastors on the South, Pastor Josh and uh, Pastor Jamie, um, Pastor Jacob, who's been kind of like a mentor to me, like when I don't know how to do anything with church stuff, he, I've, he's been somebody that I can pick up the phone and be like, hey, you've been doing this a whole lot longer than me. What do I do? Um, so he's just been there for me. So I really feel that it's fitting today in a culture that really just lacks honor, um, that lacks appreciation, that lacks really just giving people the honor that they deserve. I thought it'd be fitting to do that because ultimately at the end of the day, men I don't think that you really realize how much you shape the people that are around you. Um, My dad has been the most shaping figure in my life. And so I want to tell you today, if you're a dad today, um, you may have fallen on rough times or hard times or difficult times. And listen, regardless of what's going on in your life, your children and your wife are watching you. So whether it's for better or whether it's for worse, and listen, here's the the best thing in the world. Whether you fail, I I guarantee you, your kids could care less about how much you fail. They wanna know that you're gonna get back up. Um, I've seen my dad battle five years of cancer. I've seen my dad battle (laughs) crazy, wayward children, Um, all that kind of stuff. And honestly, every single time he's gotten back up. And so that's helped shape me in many, many ways. And so many of you may not know the actual history Of Father's Day, but if you know this or not, Mother's Day has actually been around for a long, long time now. Um, If you actually would go to any of the state prisons around here in Louisiana or really anywhere in America, um, the jails are flooded with Mother's Day cards being exported out of the prisons. And they say one of the least days that cards are flooded out of the prisons are Father's Day. Um, And Father's Day was actually founded in 1909, believe it or not. So it actually has not been around that long. It was founded in Spokane, Washington. There was a lady that was sitting in her church on Mother's Day, and they were honoring all the mothers. And she said, hey, listen, why don't we have a day for dads? Why don't we have a day for men, men who shape our worldview and shape our children and lead our churches and do those things? Why don't we have a day For them. And so she went to her uh, state governor, and they ended up putting it as a state holiday in Washington state, which uh, it ended up turning around into 1979. It became a national holiday. So, really, Father's Day has not been around um, that long. And before I dive any more into this, I want to just take a moment and pause because I totally realize that the world is a whole lot different than. um, I want to start off by saying this that I think um, there's a lot of single moms in here, right? Where you're doing two jobs. You're doing the job of mom, and you're doing the job of dad. And honestly, I want to just give a huge round of applause to all the single moms that are here today. Listen, I've got five children, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you do it with one child if you're a single mother, one child, go to work, and do all that kind of stuff. So, listen, um, hats off to you guys, and so um, we really would just want to honor you today because I know that maybe, you, maybe you just went through a rough situation or wher- wherever you're at. Hopefully, this will speak to you today. Um, so, what I want to do today is I really just want to encourage the men because I think that. Every platform that the media has, we're constantly putting down men in television shows, in reality shows, on Facebook, media, and all that kind of stuff, we're putting them down. And what I want to do is I just want to encourage you men today, but let me give you a few facts. 90% of men believe in God, but only one out of six actually go to church. So 90% of men say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but only one out of six actually go to church. Listen to this, 70% of boys will abandon church once they leave high school. 70% of boys will abandon church when they leave high school. Over 40% of kids born today will grow up without a father. So 40%, we're almost at 50%. So it's a very common thing for kids and children to grow up without a dad. Um, If a child gets saved, so let's say there's a family that does not know Jesus. If a child gets saved, there's about 3.5% chance the rest of the family will come to know Jesus. About 3.5% chance. If a mom gets saved, about 17.5% chance the rest of the family will get saved. Now men, watch this. If a dad gets saved and leads his children and leads his family to the Lord, there's about a 93% chance the rest of the family will come to know Jesus. So men, you play a huge role in the life of your children, in the life of your wife, in the life of your family, in the life of your workplace. Your influence is so much greater than you really think that it is. There's ultimately power in your life. And so today, men, I want to charge you. I want to give you two ways of how not to be a man. And then I want to give you a few ways of how you can be a man. So I've titled this message, Act Like Men. Act like men. And it comes from First Corinthians chapter 16, and it says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. Watch this, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. I tell my boys this all the time. Every time they make decisions or every time they have an attitude, I say, listen, are you being a boy or are you being a man? And their face every time is like, being a boy. <laughs> like, I'm being a boy. Are you being a boy or are you being a man? And so here's how we can act like men. The first thing that we're not to do is don't act like women. <laughs> um, men don't make good women. Ultimately, our society has marginalized men, right? The man is always the one who is on the TV show. He is the dumb one, right? The dad never knows the answers. He never knows what's going on. He's never attentive. He's never paying attention. He's always on his phone. He d- How many of you guys have seen um, the movie Inside Out? Anybody seen the movie Inside Out? If you have not seen it, it is brilliant, Um, but there's this scene in Inside Out where the mom and dad are talking at the table, and the mom and the daughter are having this conversation, and the emotions in their brain are going back and forth, and the dad is totally checked out, and he's like watching sports in his mind, and then his wife goes, hey, honey, and the, the little emoticon in his head is like, oh, God, she's saying something. What did she say? I have no idea what she said. But that is how we portray dads today. So number one, it's kind of comical, but it's true. If you want to act like a man, don't act like a woman. Number two, men do not act like boys. Men do not act like boys. And now listen, this first half, I'm going to talk to you pretty strongly because I think sometimes men, the only way that we get things is when people talk to us strongly, I remember my mom used to tell me things all the time, like, Zach, you need to go do this. And my, my dad would step in, and he's like, if you don't go do this, I am telling you, it is gonna be World War III. Yes, sir. Like, you go off, right? So I wanna talk to you strongly, but also in a loving way. So get this, this is a true statistic that I found this week. I'm not making this fact up. 48% of men between the ages of 18 and 34 play video games every day for three hours. Okay, now watch this. The average video game buyer is not your teenager. The average video game buyer is 37 years old. That is the average. Listen, and if that's you in here, listen, no shame, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to cast any kind Some of your wives are like, that's it. This is not a message for women to beat up on the men today, okay? There's nothing wrong with being a boy as long as you're a boy it's the truth. There's nothing wrong with being a boy as long as you're a boy. And listen, playing video games is not sinful, okay? But when it consumes your time and you can't do anything else, you're being a boy. And here's the truth. Our society needs men. They need men that are willing to stand up for what's right, that are willing to fight, that are willing to say, you know what, enough is enough. Boys are born, but men are made. Boys are born, but men are made. And here's the truth. It takes a man to make a man. So here's what I want to say to you today. Some of you in here today did not have a loving father. And so the truth is the the actions that you have today are not necessarily something that you chose, but it's just because you never had a dad show you how to do it. So it's all the more the reason, if that's you in here where you did not have a loving father, it's all the more the reason that you need community, you need people in the church, and ultimately at the end of the day, you need to know Jesus because that is how it's going to shape your manhood. If not, you will continue to be a boy. Here's the truth. A boy must have a father show him how to cast the fishing rod, right? A boy needs a father to show him how to ride a bike. A boy needs a father to show him how to to shoot a gun. A boy needs a father to show him how to call a girl, right? It's, like, it's it's awful today with how that kind of happens, how men like pursue women. It's terrible, but we need fathers to show them, like, listen, I know you're excited. I know she's very pretty, and you're very excited, and you want to try to, you know, <laughs> but let me show you how to do this. We need men that shape men. The greatest way we can learn about manhood ultimately is from the greatest man that ever lived, which is Jesus. So I gave you a few things not to do. So how do we become men? How do we act like men? How do we be the fathers that God is actually calling us to be? Number one, and this comes from 1 Peter 5.8. Number one, be watchful be watchful. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So who is your adversary? It's the enemy. Man, you know this. We live in a society that is constantly trying to capture your affections, your emotions, your actions. It is constantly trying to distract you. Now, let me ask you this. When I say be watchful, here's what I mean. How many of you guys, when you go to bed at night, you lock the doors to your house? Anybody? Like, you lock the doors to your house. If you live in Crowley, you lock the doors to your house, okay? Or how many, when you go to bed at night, you lock your car? Why? See, if I, um, I went to England about three months ago, and my wife said, listen, I'm all for you going to England, but if you go to England, I want an alarm system at this house, Like, I I am not letting you go without an alarm system. And I totally get it. Why? It made her feel safe. So why do we lock our doors? Why do we put alarm systems in our homes? Why do we lock our cars? Why? Because the possessions that are in it are very valuable, right? It's very valuable. Why do you take your money and you put it in a bank and you trust the banker to hold on to your money? Because it's valuable to you. At the end of the day, men, God is calling us as men, as fathers, to be watchful. That there are genuine, there is a genuine enemy that is constantly trying to attack us. There's a genuine enemy that wants to ruin your marriage. There's a genuine enemy that wants to ruin your family and your children. And we're called to stand in the gap as watchmen to say, listen, I'm gonna pursue Jesus with everything that I have. So when the enemy comes against me, I can stand in the gap and I can fight for what is right. The enemy is after your faith, the enemy's after your family, and he's gonna do absolutely everything that he can to tear it down. And listen, oftentimes the enemy's smart. Oftentimes, men, he's not gonna go after you. He's going to go after your kids, go after your wife, and he's going to go after people that are than you, and it's going to get to you, and it's going to overwhelm you, and it's going to stress you, and ultimately, at the end of the day, if the enemy really wants to get to you, he's going to try to get in between your family, or you just kind of say, you know what, I didn't do anything to cause this, so I'm done with this. So number one, be watchful. Number two, stand firm in the faith. 1 Peter 5 9 puts it this way resist him, firm in your faith, resist, meaning resist the enemy. The same kinds of things throughout the whole world. So resist him, meaning stand firm in the faith. You cannot resist the enemy. You cannot resist Satan if you do not know Jesus. So some of you men. You're trying to fight for what's right. You're trying to fight for your family. You're trying to fight for things, but the reason that it's not working is because of the fact that you don't know Jesus and you don't know how to fight well. We don't know how to fight well. A lot of men, we buy into this kind of, well, if I just play tough guy, if I just, you know, I act tough, I do tough things, I don't ever show my emotions, then I'm never going to let it get to me. And the truth is, men like that oftentimes they are very weak inside. There's something really going on inside of them. So let me, let, let me illustrate the point like this. There's two kinds of movies in this world. There's chick flicks, and then there's real movies. Okay, there's chick flicks, and then there's real movies. So men, when you sit down at a movie theater... And you see movies like Rambo, and you see movies like um, Gladiator, or you see movies like Lone Survivor, or you see movies like Braveheart. There, there, there's this scene in Braveheart, and every single time I watch it, it like, just gives me chills. But I don't know if you remember this. Mel Gibson, they have the entire army, and they're, they're about to be like, just annihilated by these troops. And he's trying to pump his troops up, and he grabs like this blue paint. And he kind of like just rubs it on his face and he rides off towards the army by himself, yelling like freedom. And you know, every man that watched that movie was like looking for like, I'm going to Walmart and buy a plastic sword and beat the mess out of something. Like you just, it charges you inside. And the truth is, every single man has this desire to fight for something. Everyone. Everyone. Every, every man, you know it. Let, let's just be honest with you. Let's have some man talk real quick. Every man in here wants somebody to attack them. <laughs> every man, like, some, like, attack me. Like, I have a gun and I've been waiting to use it for 10 years. Like, somebody attack me. Like, some of you men, you walk into restaurants and you're like, all right, if that guy got up, I could take him. If that guy got up, I would kick him. Like, you're planning out, your pl- you know it. You know it. You have this secret game going, am I the only one that does this? (laughs) But we do it all the time. I've said this before. It's like when you sit in action movies, you're like, man, you want to be that hero. There's something in you that begins to rise up that says, I want to fight for something. And here's the truth. God's given us a cause to fight for. God's given us a cause to fight for. God has called us to be watchful and God has called us to stand firm in our faith and to fight for what is justice and to fight for what is good, to fight for our family, to fight for our marriage, to fight for our children, to fight for our finances, to fight for those things, to fight for purity. Here's the truth. A scared and dying world needs fearless men that are willing to say, you know what, I'll step on the front lines and I'll fight for justice. And men that, here's the, here's, the, here's the key, men, men that know how to do it in a loving way. In a loving way, because so many men think that fighting is just, I got to be tough, I got to be gruff, and I got to be rude to every single person that I come across, because I got to fight for what's mine. And the truth is, true men know how to do it in a loving, gentle, humble way, and we'll get to that in a moment. Men, it should not be your responsibility to make sure your family is at church. It's not your wife's responsibility; it's your responsibility. For too long, it has been this. For too long, church has been a woman's game. (laughs) The woman is the one dragging the family, and the husband's just like, you know what? You take the kids because I. I've always found this quite ironic. Like, honey, take the kids because I want my children to grow up in the faith, but I'm not going to go myself. Here's the truth, what do you think your kids are doing? Do you think that they're actually watching what you do or they're going to do just what you say? The truth is, the things that stuck with me as I got older, is wasn't really the things that my dad told me or said to me. It was the things that he actually did. And so men, it is on you to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be the man of the house. And you know what, it's perfectly fine to be like, you know what, I don't feel like it. I mean, there's honestly, there's times when I don't feel like leading my family and I don't feel like, you know, parenting my children. I don't, if my son has an attitude again, I don't feel like bending down and let's talk through this. I just feel like beating him. That's what I feel like. But it takes a man to, okay, I'm gonna deal with this again. Instead of sleeping in and letting your wife and your children do the church thing, God is charging you today. Say, no, we're going to be men that lead. We're going to be men that actually care about what's going on. And I I guarantee you, the state of the church, the state of our communities, the state of just everything would change if men begin to rise up and fight for what is right. Number three, if we want to act like men, we've got to learn to be strong be strong. Ephesians puts it this way. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength, watch this, of his might. So here's the truth, man. There is no strength inside of yourself. So if you feel like, man, I'm trying to be strong, I'm trying to fight this battle, I'm trying to fight for what's right, and you just feel absolutely depleted, then let me ask you this question. Are you finding your strength from your own abilities? Are you finding it from Christ? Because the truth is, you'll be depleted every single time. If you're just leaning on your own giftings, your own strength, your own abilities, it is going to tire you out, and it's going to deplete you, and you're going to grow cold. But if you're genuinely fighting to say, God, I don't know you, and I want to know you, and I want to fight for what's right, and I want to fight for my family, and my children, and my community— and you're going to find strength in Christ. The world, the world actually portrays Jesus as a weak and meek man. You know, you ever seen those paintings of Jesus and it's just like this, you know, cold, stale, weak, anorexic looking face. And you're like, man, if that's the man that we're all following, I don't know about this. Man, if I could hire out an artist to paint a picture of Jesus, we'd paint it a whole lot different. I believe Jesus was genuinely a strong man's man. Like, I believe that he played jokes on people, and he loved kids, and he was tender to women. But the thing about Jesus is he was tough, but he was also humble and soft. And he actually knew how to be emotional, (laughs) And man, when I say that word emotions, it's kind of like, what's that? Like, I don't know what that is. Uh, do I have those? Yes, we, we actually have them. And this is the thing that Jesus was so good at. He, he knew the balance between strength and learning how to be humble and learning how to be meek and learning how to be those things. Ultimately, at the end of the day, when I read the Bible, it takes a strong man to follow Jesus. It really does. It doesn't take a weak man to follow. It takes a strong man to follow Jesus. And let me give you a few examples. Um, The Bible is actually full of strong men. So for us men in here that say, you know, Christianity and going to church and the whole Jesus thing and leading my family, that's for weak men. Men that have problems and don't know how to deal with their issues. They go to church. (laughs) Here's some strong men in the Bible. David kills a bear and a lion and a giant. When's the last time you did that? Samson, I love this story, Samson kills 300 men with a donkey jawbone. I would be tweeting that after I was done with that. <laughs> I just annihilated 300 men with a jawbone. What you got? That's like, I, would be, I, would be, I would be prideful after that. Jonah lived in the belly of a fish for three days and survives, and then goes and preaches the gospel to Nineveh after the fish spits him out. Paul was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, imprisoned, and bitten by snakes. And the list goes on and on for that dude. Boiled alive, killed, dragged out into a city. God resurrects him from the city and he goes back into the same city and starts preaching again. That's a man's man. The disciples were all murdered for their faith except for one, John. This is what real men look like. Let me tell you something. The reason that all these men could do what they did is because they believed and they loved Jesus so deeply they were willing to do whatever it takes. Their strength and their passion came from one thing, their relationship with Christ. Listen, men, your strength does not come from what kind of truck you drive. (laughs) It does not come from what kind of hobbies you have. Well, I hunt and I dig in dirt and I work with my hand. That does not make you a man. You know what makes you a man? You come home and you're tender to your wife. You tell your wife how much you love her. You love your kids. You provide for your family. You show up to soccer games and you're not so busy on your phone. That is a man. It's not somebody that just puts on this exterior of like, I got all this together. That's not a man. And listen, for all of you single women in here and this, I'm, um, <laughs> please, if, if you're looking to get married one day, if you're looking for a man, for the first thing that you should be looking for, is he in love with Jesus more than he is with you? And if he is, then he's a good guy to pick. Listen, just a little tip. And this may be a little, grues- or a little crude, but I think it's helpful, okay? Just a little tip. If you're single in here, and he's trying to get in bed with you, and that's the first thing that he's trying to do, run as fast as you can. Okay, because he doesn't care about you. That's just the truth. Jesus had a strong side and a sensitive side. He had a strong side and a sensitive side. He was the most loving man who ever lived, but he was also the greatest warrior who ever lived. Think about it this way. Jesus fought a cosmic battle. A cosmic battle between good and evil, and he won. And even death couldn't hold him down This is what I loved about Jesus. He played with kids and he served women. He played with kids and he was tender and served women. You know, a lot of people, we talk a little bit about this at Next Step. um, And this is a big debate in our culture right now. Um, Some people look at Christianity and they say, well, the reason I can't ascribe to it is because they just elevate men on this platform and then women aren't equal. And let me just clear this up today. Men and women, in God's eyes, are created completely equal, okay? It's not like men are held above women, and if you have a man that uses some kind of Bible verse to tell his wife to do whatever he wants, then he really doesn't understand the Bible, okay? Let me, this is the simplest way that I can put it. Men and women are created equal, but with different giftings and different roles. Different giftings and different roles. God naturally created men to be a little bit bigger than women, he naturally created them in situations to be a little bit more less high-strung. And so it's why they lead. It's why they can step out and charge. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, I don't know why God gave it to me, but it scared my mother and my wife half to death. I just, I don't fear, like, I have this, this, this rush for adrenaline. I'll jump off the highest bridge. I've been in motorcycle accidents, and I'm trying to convince my wife to let me get on one again. She's like, no way, But God has created us men to be like that, to be fearless in some things. How many of you guys ever watch UFC? Anybody ever watch UFC? I'm not a huge football fan, but I love UFC. And one of the things that I love about UFC is this. If you want to get into the sport, you just have to embrace the fact that pain is part of the game. Like, you're going to get decked in the face, you're going to get kicked in places that are going to really hurt. And, like, if you get hit, you can't be like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> like, that's, like, if you do that, like, you just might as well get out of the sport, right? So when you get in and you train and you begin to sculpt and, and train your body, you just realize, okay, when I get in that octagon to fight, pain is just a part of this sport. Pain is just a part of it. And the thing that I love about watching UFC is you see these guys I mean, just take these blows to the face. Like, how is, like, if I got hit like that, I'd be like, time, we're done, I tap, you know. But you see these guys just take these huge blows to the face, and you know it hurts. And they shake it off, and they start fighting again. And I think that there's a huge principle to this, men. If we are to do this thing called life, if we're going to stand firm in our faith, if we're going to be watchmen, if we're going to find our strength in Christ, we just have to accept that pain is a part of the game of life. And you've got to get back up. And the reason that so many men aren't men is because of the fact that they avoid every possible way to avoid pain. So if something is going to be painful, if it's going to be a hard decision, if it's going to be a tough decision, they would usually t- try to take the lazy approach about it. Well, that's going to hurt. Or I've got to be open about this. I've got to expose who I really am in this situation. I don't want that to happen. Or I've got to tell my wife how I really feel in this situation. But if we're going to be men, we just have to embrace the fact that, you know what? If God has called me to be a man, then I also have to embrace the fact that just pain is a part of it. I'm going to have to carry burdens, I'm going to have to carry loads that are going to hurt, that may weigh me down in some things, but you know what? If I'm finding my strength in Christ, then He is enough. I want you to think about it this way. Everybody knows what those metal link chains are. And that chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? And you can put all the pressure on that chain that you want, but if there's a weak link in that chain, it's going to break, And here's the truth. Picture it this way, men. For your family, you are that chain. You can be the weakest link, and your family can fall apart if you don't rise up to the occasion and begin to pursue Jesus. Or you can be the strongest one in the family. And when your wife is falling apart, and emotions get the best of her, and kids are going crazy, and you can say, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but we're going to seek Jesus in this situation. We're going to do everything that we can to pursue Christ together. You can be the strength in that chain. Here's the truth, men. Oftentimes, the weakness we want to hide is the place where God produces strength that he wants to show the world. The thing that you want to hide right now, think of it. Everybody, I can't pinpoint it for you, but everybody knows what it is. Whatever it is that you want to hide right now, the thing that you don't want anybody to know, And this could apply for everybody, not not just men. The thing that you so desperately want to hide, you go to great lengths to cover up. Your weakest, darkest secret. God wants to take that and produce strength out of it. See, I love the worldview of the gospel because it kind of just flips everything around. Our culture says, listen, if you want to be strong, then don't admit any of your weaknesses. Just continue to throw on this facade and allow everybody to believe that everything's okay. See, but the gospel flips everything around. Look, if you want to find genuine strength in Christ, let people know you're weak. Hey, man, I'm going through this situation. It's tough. It's rough. I don't know what to do. And in that weakness, Christ begins to produce strength. Number four, let all you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. First John 3, 16 says it this way. By this we know that he laid down his life for us and we are to lay down our lives for ours, for our brothers. The love that God is calling you to display isn't fully shown until life gets messy. <laughs> so God's called us to do everything in love. God doesn't want you to just lead and be like, fine, I'll get it done. I'll just do it. He wants us to be tender to the people around us. He wants us to lead people in a loving way. And the truth is when life gets difficult, when life gets messy, when things just don't seem to work, it's a test for you, men. Are you gonna seek God? Are you gonna pursue Christ? Are you gonna respond in love? Mother Teresa put it this way, I don't do big things, I do small things with big love. I do small things with big love. Listen, man, if you want to know how to lead your family, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. If you want to know how to lead your wife and your kids, it really isn't that complicated. It's just the everyday simple little things that you're looking for opportunities. How can I lay down my life to serve my family? Just being attentive, being watchful, noticing, hey, what is my wife going through right now that I could help out with? I've noticed it's been a few rough days. She's had kids all over her and she hasn't got a break. That might be a clue she wants to get out of the house. (laughs) It's just being watchful and noticing those things. So let me challenge every man here. We need you. The world needs you. The church needs you to act like men. Your wife needs you. Your kids need you. Your city needs you. And if we can learn to lay our life down for the people around us, I promise you some of the situations that some of you are in will change. 93%. 93% chance, men, that if you change, your family will. 93% chance. If you come face to face with Jesus and you have a real encounter with Jesus and a real honest relationship with Jesus, there's a 93% chance. Man, those kids you've been praying for, that marriage you've been praying for. Listen, Chandler, if you're in a rough spot in your marriage right now, I know it's easy to do this when you're in marriage, well, if he would just change or she would just change. Men, oftentimes, if you would just take it on yourself, just take the hit. You might be, she might be wrong for some stuff too, but men, you know what we do? We just, we just take the hit. It's me. I'll take the blame. What do I need to work on? And as God begins to shape you and grow you, your wife is gonna wake up every single day and who is this guy? <laughs> what happened to him? What's going on? And she's gonna take notice and I promise you she'll follow suit and she'll recognize the things that she needs to change. But oftentimes it needs to start with you. So on Father's Day, I just want to encourage you, listen, it's never too late, ever. It's never too late to come to a point, some of you may have older kids in here, and you're like, man, I blew it. I've got 20-year-olds, I've got 30-year-olds, I've got 40-year-olds, I wasn't the dad that I wanted to be. Listen, it's never too late. I was watching, I was actually a part of something um, a few weeks ago when we were learning some stuff just about counseling people. And uh, one of the statistics was they had like 40-year-olds and 50-year-old men who are still looking and longing from that affirmation from their father. Father would just say, son, i free for this or I'm for that. Chances are life for them would be a whole lot better. So that's why I say it's never too late for you. I don't care how old you are. You could be 50, 60 years old in here. Everybody still wants that tender affection from their dad. Everybody. I mean, I'm 30 years old, and I still want to know that my dad cares about me, loves me, pursues me. Because there's just something about a father. There's nothing like it in the entire world. And the reason that it's designed like that is because God the Father designed all of this for us to have an intimate relationship with him. And at the end of the day, this is why at the church, we, we, we count next step in life groups and all of these things to be so important. Because listen, maybe you didn't have the natural family that you wanted. Maybe you didn't have a loving father. Maybe you didn't have a family. And so honestly, you just don't, you don't know how. You're like, man, I, I hear what you're saying, but that was never modeled for me. So I don't even, I can't even wrap my brain around that. I want to tell you this. If you didn't have that natural family, you can have a spiritual family. That's what I love about the church is you can walk in these doors and you can find men and women that will love you and accept you and mother you and father you and parent you. That's why life groups are so important. Because you can have that. And here's the deal. The only reason that some of you don't have that intimacy with Christ and with other people and you don't have relationships with other people that are building you up is only because you don't want it. Because there's plenty of opportunities here for you to get involved and to find those relationships. So I just want to encourage you. Men, we love you. Today, we're so glad you're here. (laughs) We we also value you because you're so important to this generation, to our society, to our city, to our church. And we know that if God grabs a hold of your heart, man, this will be unstoppable. So I want to encourage you to do one thing before I have Mike come out here. Next week, and listen, I know it's summer. Everybody's on vacation. Everybody's going different places. Attendance in churches everywhere drops a little bit. And look, we get it. It's totally fine. Everybody goes on vacation, and we want you to enjoy your family and time away. Everybody needs it. But I do want to encourage you this. We are doing something starting next week, and it is kind of geared towards summer. We're going to be doing an entire series. You saw the video in the book of Ephesians. We're going to take it one chapter every single week. We're just going to walk through it. And the the whole idea, the principle behind Behind Ephesians is basically identity in Christ. Like who you are in Christ. That's why we titled it We Are Fill in the Blank. So I want to encourage you to do one thing, men. Make a commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to be there every single week. And this is what we're going to be doing we're going to be breaking it down we'll, we'll teach a message on it and we'll be posting stuff on facebook little video teachings we'll be we'll, we'll give you a you actually get a booklet when you get here and it'll be for the entire week of different devotionals different ways that you can lead your family through all of this stuff and the goal is by the time that the six weeks is over you really know what the book of ephesians is and ultimately you really know who you are in christ and so if you make a commitment to be here for those six weeks then guess what and now you know how to lead your family and who Christ says you are and who Christ says they are. And that's the whole idea behind this. As a church, we feel like it's our job to help equip you and shape you. And listen, there's no shame in you not knowing what to do. That's why it's our job to help you, to teach you, to equip you, and to love you.